welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I will be talking about Other Birds by Sarah Addison Allen, which Book of the Month is telling me is a magical realism story. I don't know what that means. I think it's more literary fiction with a touch of magic, i.e. ghosts. But I mean, you can decide how you want to classify this yourself. So this book is about a girl named uh, Zoe. Yeah, her name is Zoe. It's about Zoe. She is 19 years old. She's going to be going to college in Charleston next year as a freshman. And basically, she is moving into this apartment. Her mom left her on Mallow Island, South Carolina, which is a island that is where like marshmallows were made. And it is famous because there was this author who wrote this like really popular story, like the greatest American story of all time that was set there. And um, so basically her mom leaves her this apartment and she goes and moves in there. And then on her first night, one of the residents dies. And it's kind of about how the other people become friends who are living there at the apartment. And a little bit kind of about the death of this woman and ghosts. And it's basically just about the inhabitants of this apartment complex. I will say there are, there is no plot, just vibes. That's how I felt the entire time I was reading this. Basically the plot is that she dies and then the people there form relationships with each other. And that's kind of it. But I was here for it. I was having a good time. This was one of my two books I got from Book of the Month for September. I also got Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood which I will be starting tonight. And so that should be next week's episode. And so I'm excited to read that as well. But I picked this one out because obviously I was getting love on the brain because I loved the love hypothesis and I had to know kind of what this next follow-up was going to look like. But this one just sounded interesting to me, intriguing. It was very short. It was under 300 pages and I definitely enjoyed it. So we are going to get into the plot summary. I do think this is going to be a shorter episode for two reasons. One, there is no plot. And two, I don't have a lot to say. So this might be more of a mini-sode, but anyways, let's get into it. First, spoiler warning, if you don't want other wor- other words, other birds to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book. I enjoyed it. I think it was good. And then come back and listen to this episode. Second, I am issuing a trigger warning for both implied child abuse and child neglect Um, child neglect is like more depicted in the child abuse is kind of, um, implied and that is happening in the past. So it's the child abuse is happening in the past. You're not really seeing it, but you do kind of hear about it and you're like, oh, I think this is what was going on behind closed doors. That makes sense. So just be aware of those two things. Nothing too heavy, too prevalent. Um, overall, not bad. So Let's get into the plot summary. Like I said, Zoe's moving to this island. As she moves there, she has this empty bird cage and she has a a ghost bird basically named Pigeon. Pigeon is an invisible bird that came to her when her mom died. Her mom died when she was like maybe 10 or 11, right on the cusp of divorcing her father. So basically her mom immigrated to America from Cuba. She left with her brother and her brother died in the storm and then she made it to Miami and then made her way up to Charleston where she meets um, Zoe's father. I guess she used to be a prostitute. So that's how they met. They have Zoe and get married and they're married for a while and then they get divorced. And when she was dating Zoe's father, her mom, Paloma, I believe her name was, she, 
her father bought basically this studio in the Delawis, which is the apartment complex. And upon her death, it was given to Zoe and Zoe moved out there after graduating from high school. So she's excited to go back and be there. And so when her mom died, this ghost bird showed up and has been with her for the past like eight or so years. Zoe's father was not interested in her being a father remarried, was very distant. And so she just moves out there and kind of doesn't have a family anymore. And the other people in the apartment complex. First, we have Lizbeth Lime, who is the woman who died. She is a hoarder of paper. She literally collects paper, and she used to work for this guy named Roscoe Evanger, 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 whatever his name was. He's the famous author who wrote um, the book about that set on Malo Island. And so she used to work for him, and she is convinced that she has the perfect story because basically Roscoe wrote that story, and then nothing. And then he wrote basically a short story about the Delawisps, which are these little birds that are live at the apartment complex outside that are kind of part of the other birds in the title of this book. And then um, basically she was obsessed with it and she worked for him and she says she has the story. So when she dies, Frazier, who is the kind of like apartment complex manager guy, uh, enlists Zoe to clean out Lizbeth's apartment and look to see if she can find whatever the story is. So Zoe cleans everything out and that's kind of part of the plot as well. So Lizbeth dies. She like fell off a ladder and a bookshelf fell on top of her. For a good portion of the book, you think she might have been murdered, but then you find out at the end she was not murdered. And she has a son named Oliver. Oliver just graduated college out in California. And for most of the book, he's in California. He has this girlfriend and he wants to work at a hotel as like a ecological manager at the hotel or something like that. And her dad owns a hotel is the like big boss there. So she he is like tagging along, but it turns out she's using him. So he's out there and Zoe ends up starting to text him about things that she found in the apartment. From Oliver's perspective, we learned that Lizbeth was a terrible neglectful mother who did not care about her child at all. Also in the apartment complex is Lizbeth's older sister Lucy, who is a shut in what is it called? Like a agoraphobe at, where you like don't leave your apartment you never go outside you don't leave things like that nobody ever sees her Zoe keeps trying to befriend her and like leaves her some of Lizbeth's stuff that she finds and we also think that so basically Zoe is cleaning out the apartment but every day when she goes there the door is unlocked somebody keeps breaking in but nothing's taken so for a long time she thinks Lucy's the one who's breaking in but at the end we find out who it really is there are two other people that we need to know. The first is Charlotte. Charlotte is a artist and she does henna and she also was raised in a cult and ran away when she was 16. So we end up finding out she stole a bunch of money from the cult leader after her best friend died, ran away and has been like living as an artist and moves very frequently whenever she like gets restless, things like that. So at the beginning of the book, she used to have this like studio space in this like big artist um, complex place, but the rent was increased, so she got kicked out. She couldn't use it anymore. And we had later found out that they did that because she had previously had an affair with the guy who owned it, and it didn't end well. So, but anyway, so she doesn't let anybody get close to her, but Zoe ends up befriending her, and she also ends up befriending Mac, who is the th last person that I will talk about. 
they help her get another job and she starts opening up and things like that and then finally we have mac mac is a executive chef he grew up on mallow island and he was raised by this woman named camille camille is one of the three ghosts that are here at the um delawis also frazier he can see ghosts so lizbeth becomes a ghost after she dies camille is a ghost and then there's one other ghost who we don't know who it is until the end but anyways so basically max was raised by camille who also was from the island we end up hearing her story later on and she was an older black woman who always cooked with cornmeal and fed all the neighborhood kids because they lived in a poor area on the island and she ended up raising Mac when Mac's mom just like leaves him and never comes back. And so Mac's the whole thing is that all of his his menu is based off of cornmeal. Well, Camille died maybe four or five years ago. And he has been holding on to her so much that she can't leave. So she's a ghost. And every day when Mac wakes up, he's covered in cornmeal. It falls on him when he is asleep. And so he is very lonely. He has this cat and those are all the characters and basically what ends up happening is zoe has decided to befriend all of them whereas lisbeth was like very unfriendly and nobody talked to each other because she would yell at people for like making noise basically so nobody knew each other previously but zoe's determined so she first befriends charlotte and she's talking with oliver and oliver's like i don't want my mom's stuff blah blah blah. zoe ends up finding um lisbeth's old diaries and keeps it in a box for oliver and then Zoe and Charlotte end up befriending Mac and then there's a nice little romance um, subplot between Mac and Charlotte. There's also kind of a romance subplot between Zoe and Oliver. Not super heavy but that's kind of going on as well. Oliver ends up realizing that this girl was using him so he decides to come back to the island and live in his mom's um, apartment after it's like cleaned out and renovated because it smells horrible because she was a hoarder. And we find out that Frazier is actually Roscoe. They are one in the same. And so that's kind of wild. And the other big reveal. So at the end, they are kind of like celebrating. I think they're celebrating Zoe's birthday and all this different stuff. And they hear this big, huge noise in Charlotte's apartment. So they all go over there. And Charlotte's mom is there. Her name is Sam. And she is basically wanting to kill Charlotte because she stole the money from the church and then the guy started selling the cult leader started selling guns and then got arrested and her mom was like big into the cult and was like now my life is ruined blah 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 and we find out that charlotte so previously she was telling matt kind of her story about how her best friend was pepper and then pepper died and she left well it turns out charlotte is pepper and pepper was charlotte so i don't know if that makes any sense but basically she assumed her best friend's identity after she left and kind of has been living out her life in honor of the original Charlotte. So she's actually Pepper, but we continue to call her Charlotte for the rest of the books and from then on. So basically then Lucy comes out of her apartment and attacks Sam to stop her from, you know, killing Charlotte and everybody else. And then Mac kind of like gets in and they like restrain and all of this different stuff. And we find out a few other things. So basically... The person who had been breaking into Lizbeth's apartment was Sam. She was staying there. And earlier in the book, Charlotte had a bunch of money stolen from her. And her mom was the one who had stolen all that money. And so once that is done, most of the plot is done. There are like two other things. So Pigeon, who is Zoe's invisible bird, since moving to the island, has been less and less present. And at the end of the book, Char not Charlotte, Zoe is moving to college. And she's like, I'll come back on the weekends, blah, blah, blah. But... 
she's leaving and she says goodbye to Pigeon and we find out that Pigeon is actually her mother Paloma and that there's this story of her family from Cuba that like when a family member dies they come back as a bird and so we find out that she has been the bird the whole time and then all of the ghosts at the end end up like Mac ends up realizing that he is not only loved by Camille he can be loved by others so he lets Camille go. Lizbeth leaves when she realizes that like basically her son says goodbye like they didn't have a good relationship and leaving and letting go was the best thing for him and then Paloma also leaves at the end and I'm trying to think I thought there was one more plot point but yeah so that's the book there's not a lot of plot like I said it's a lot more about how the characters what's interesting is all the characters are very lonely they're all alone at the beginning and that is something that is emphasized throughout the book that Zoe, her mom has died. Her dad and step family don't care about her. Oliver is by himself. He is left. Um, Roscoe slash Frazier is alone as well. Charlotte's alone. Max alone. All of them are alone. I guess Lucy in her own ways alone. Oh, that's the other big reveal. The other big reveal is that Lucy is actually Oliver's mother, not Lizbeth. So basically, Lizbeth was dating this guy named Duncan and then Lucy was an addict and she came back and ended up like seducing or dating Duncan and he left her pregnant but then they both ended up going to jail for drug related charges and so basically they let Lucy like give birth to Oliver and then they basically pretend that Lizbeth was the mother the whole time and Lizbeth's mother was the one who's supposed to raise Oliver but she died and that's how Lizbeth ended up with Oliver and Roscoe slash Frazier ended up giving Lizbeth a job because she saw or he saw that Oliver was being neglected and needed somebody to care for him. So that's basically how all of that goes. So anyways, there's no plot. There's just vibes. And I was about it. I enjoyed it. Like this wasn't my favorite book of all time, but it was different. I was telling. So when I was in college, I would talk to my dad once a week. He would call me on his way back from the city now, because of COVID, he does not go work in the city anymore, but he had dropped my sister off at the airport and he was calling me on his way back while I was in the middle of reading this book. So in college, he would we would talk and I would tell him like what had been going on and he would tell me what was going on. And then the ride back from the city is like, could be anywhere from like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. And so we'd have to fill up the whole time. So we'd start asking me about the books that I had read. And so I would give him very intensely detailed plot summaries way like you think that what you're getting is detailed in these episodes you have no idea how detailed I could be in those conversations with my dad because in college I was reading but I wasn't reading as quickly because I was in college so I was hanging out with my friends I didn't read every single night and so I could get so intense just telling him like 100 pages like what had been going on and it could be the same length as what it is when I tell you a 300 or 400 page book plot. So anyways, I was telling him about this book. He was like, this doesn't sound anything like what you normally read. Now, to be fair, I typically only tell my dad the plot lines of fantasy books that I've read, um, maybe also mysteries or sci-fi. Never a romance, never a romance. I would not tell him the plot line of that. That would be embarrassing for both of us um, and uncomfortable. But anyways, so he was like, this doesn't sound like anything you've read before. And he's right. This isn't like something that I would normally pick up, but I like it. And also part of kind of my goal of this year had been and just in general has been to start pushing myself outside my reading zone, comfort zone a little bit and trying out other things. 
And that's probably one of my favorite things about Book of the Month. Not sponsored. I mean, they could sponsor me. I would love to be sponsored by them, but I'm not very popular, so I will not be. But anyways, one thing I really like about Book of the Month is that they show me things that I would never have thought to pick up myself. And sometimes they end up being things that I really, really liked. Um, And sometimes I don't end up enjoying them. But in this case, I did like it a lot. It was super interesting, even though it wasn't plot heavy. It was definitely a more character driven story in that we are seeing character development mostly in Mac and Charlotte. We're seeing a lot of character development in that Mac learns to let go of Camille's ghost and learns to let other people in and Charlotte's also learning to let other people in. Zoe is super fun, super cute, but like she is not, we're not necessarily seeing a ton of growth from her. Instead, she's almost there as a catalyst because she's the one that's inciting the growth and relationships between everybody else there because everyone else had lived there. They had known each other, except they just never interacted. And she shows up and she's like, who wants to be my friend? And then forces everybody to become friends and love that for her. I wish I had that energy that I could just show up somewhere and be confident confident enough to try and make people be my friends. So at the beginning of the summer, I started a new job and there were two other people who started a few months before me. And I was like, I'm going to make them be my friends. I'm determined. We're three months in. We are not friends. We never speak. To be fair, one of them is like completely remote and the rest of us um, are only in the office once a week. And I have a very individualized job and I don't do a lot of interacting with other people. It's a lot of work I just do by myself. So I have not managed to just like force people to be my friends. I live in a, I don't live in a like five apartment apartment complex, more like a 500, 5,000, quite large. Have not managed to make any of my neighbors be my friends. Um, I'm not super extroverted, which might sound weird because I... I feel like I might present that way on this podcast, but that's because, you know, I have to. I am an introvert. So I wish I had Zoe's energy um, and magnetism and just like getting people to become my friend, just that confidence that I could do that. So did love that about her. However, I don't have that sort of magnetism. So sad for me, but I will continue to try and make people to become my friends and make new friends and become better friends with my current friends. So, oh, I just dropped my pen on the ground. But that's that on that. I think the question that this book is really asking us, that it is really posing to us, is, are ghosts real? Because this book is saying, yes, ghosts are real. And we are having lots of ghost interactions in the, like, cornmeal falling every night on Mac. Um, Charlotte has these witch balls, and anytime one of the ghosts gets close, they, like, explode. Like, Pigeon breaks one, and um, Camille breaks one. That like Pigeon breaks the one given to Zoe, and Camille probably breaks the one given to Mac, things like that. But anyways, the question is, are ghosts real? This book says, yes, they are, and they are either here because they refuse to let go or because you refuse to let them go. Do I think ghosts are real? I'm not sure, but let me tell you a ghost story. So, long ago, and by long ago, I mean like, I don't know, um, 20 to 30 years ago, there was this house that was in the now downtown area of the suburb I grew up in. And basically the city wanted to tear it down and turn it, that land into parking lots. 
But the woman who lived there was quite old and her name was Pearl. And Pearl had like lived in this house for her whole life or something like that. And she did not want her house to be torn down. But so basically she ended up striking a deal with the city that she was able to live in the house until she died. She then lived quite a long amount of time. So we love spite. Anyways, upon her death, there was kind of a sale like what were they going to do with her house? Well, my grandma's best friend, Bobby, who I've talked about previously on this podcast because she is the one who sent me all those Harley Merlin and Finch Merlin books. So shout out to Bobby, bought the house. And then her and my grandma and other people, including my parents, literally picked up the house and they moved the house to an empty plot of land a few blocks away. And then my grandma and Bobby lived in this house. Um, and then my grandma swears one day she was walking up the stairs and a pearl rolled and fell down the stairs and what was the woman who owned the house's name pearl her name was pearl a random pearl just fell down the stairs they didn't just have pearls just randomly sitting out like i know this house like there's not just like where these stairs are there's not like a pearl beaded something anywhere so but pearl is a friendly ghost because she is thankful that bobby and my grandma saved her house and that it was not torn down so are ghosts real they might be they might be i don't know if ghosts are real but like if they were real i wouldn't be like shocked or super surprised and I've not had bad ghost interactions. My sister thinks she had ghosts living in her apartment that, or her townhome that she lived in in college. And when we would bring our family dog there, Klaus did not like them. He did not like being in that apartment. He was horrible every single time he was there. Just so afraid and like all this different stuff. And my sister says it's because they were ghosts. So basically my family has had some ghost interactions maybe but we don't have any real evidence that ghosts are real. And I guess the last, I really only wrote three things here on my um, handy dandy trusty little notebook that I'm almost out of space in. I'll have to move to another one, which is so sad. But um, the last thing I wrote here is this idea of hidden identities, which I thought was super interesting, is that there are three different instances of somebody being somebody else, basically, in this book. We have Frasier actually being Roscoe, Charlotte actually being Pepper, and Pigeon actually being Paloma. So I think it was really interesting that we had three different characters who were someone else, but not. So I don't really know what I want to say. I just kind of wanted to point out that three different characters are pretending to be somebody else. Roscoe's pretending to be Frasier, or at least like has people call him Frasier because of the fame and kind of like basically realizes that his life is kind of empty because of how much he like cared about the fame when his book first came out. Also interestingly we find out that because he can see ghosts that story was his grandfather's story when his grandpa died he or maybe it was his dad I don't know it was one of them when they died their ghost was the only ghost he could ever hear he can't hear any of the other ghosts and he wrote the story like in a fever dream in like six or eight weeks or four weeks something like that and then after he did that the ghost left him and so he like has kind of imposter syndrome because he can only write other people's stories anyways charlotte is pretending to be no pepper is pretending to be charlotte which 
actually makes a lot of sense considering she ran away from the cult and had to, you know, not let any of these other people find her. So that actually makes sense too. And then Pigeon being Paloma, I saw that one coming. So first of all, as a bird, you cannot speak. And so Zoe just calling this bird Pigeon, it's not necessarily like a shock that it ends up being Paloma. And the reason for that is she literally says that Pigeon shows up right after her mom dies. And so I thought, I didn't necessarily at first think that Pigeon was her mom, but more of like something of her mom's that was left to her, like some piece of magic or something like that. So yeah, that's really all I have to say. Like I said, this was a mini-sode. I, because this was all plot, no, no, all vibes, no plot, no plot, just vibes. Um, there's not a lot for me to say. It's short. I liked it. I liked the found family aspect and the relationship and kind of like seeing everybody grow. I did enjoy it a lot, um, but I just don't have anything to say about it. I think that if I was discussing it with somebody else, maybe I'd have more to say, but alas, I am alone in my room and have no one to discuss this with, which is why I'm recording and talking to you. So if you want to discuss this with me, you can email me at iredabookonceblog at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at iredabookonceblog. While you're there on my Instagram, you might as well give it a follow. Give me some likes. Give me some motivation to continue on on Instagram because I don't like posting and running a social media account that's not just my personal Instagram. But I persevere because maybe somebody will find my Instagram and find this podcast. Don't really know if that's really worked for me, but, you know, I just keep trucking along, keep trying, keep moving. Also, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast, if you can do any of those things. If you give me a review on Apple Podcasts, I will shout you out because that's the medium I use so I can see those reviews. Don't know how you see them on Spotify, but if you do, I would love you. Thank you so much. It will help other people find it, and it would make me very happy. Finally, I must tell you what book you may expect for next week. So I am pretty sure, I well, I mean, by pretty sure, I mean you will be hearing Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood next week. That is the book I will be starting tonight, and so I'm very excited for that. So with that, thank you for sticking with me through this little mini-sode, this shorter episode. I mean, it's, I mean, it's four to ten minutes shorter than a typical one, so do with that what you, classify this as you will. But this was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and I'll catch you guys next time.